All right, welcome to Electric Skatecast. This is episode nine. I am your host, Joe. You can follow me at jgrangr, as well as at Electric Skatecast. With me, as always, is at Official Terminal X. Good evening. And this week, we have a special guest with us. You may have seen him on YouTube, uh, giving some in-depth board reviews or skating in the D.C. area. He is the man behind the self-proclaimed Stoke Squad, uh, Ronnie Sarmiento. Thanks for joining us, Ronnie. Yes, Welcome, thank Ronnie. you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure. So we're going to dive right into things, kind of get a little bit of your background. Um, obviously, you've been skating for a long time. Uh, you don't just ride electric skateboards. You ride shortboards. Uh, you do some tricks. Um, you also do some gaming content. There's all sorts of things that kind of develop <laughs> your background. But how did you get started into skating and e-skating specifically? So to go back in time for skateboarding, I would say I think I started back in high school. I am 27. I was born in 92. My birthday's in October. So yeah, I guess I'm 27. I'm glad it took um, a podcast for us to clarify how old you yeah. are. <laughs> so that was like, what, a decade ago? On and off skating all throughout high school. I mainly skated with uh, kids in my neighborhood who rode my bus because I would see them just skating before and after school. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I loved shows like Rocket Power and just all of the early 2000s media, I guess, always oh, had yeah. a skateboard in it. So I was just very heavily influenced by that. And uh, I got my first skateboard. It was a beautiful $15 Walmart skateboard. It mm, was classic. orange with plastic wheels and had the word stoked on there uh in graffiti and uh, i guess some something about that just stuck <laughs> that board was horrible but i did learn how to ollie and like pop shove it on it and i guess maybe like a month or two afterwards i was like mom please take me to a skate shop i need a real <laughs> skateboard I, I need i need to be able to roll yeah and uh, I went to a skate shop. She begrudgingly bought me a $100 complete. I still remember it, too. It was a, a mystery deck, uh, one of their team nice. logos, uh, monster trucks, mystery wheels. And that was my first real skateboard, probably like, what, freshman in high school? Oh, On yeah. that board, I learned a lot of things, ollies, kickflips, 360 flips, whatever. I just skated in high school uh, quite a bit. Until maybe towards the latter half, maybe junior, senior year, I started to become busy, focus a bit more on my schoolwork is what my mom mm -hmm. would want me to say. <laughs> and I kind of just stopped. My close group of friends weren't the ones I was really skating with, so I didn't really have anyone to skate with. And uh, skating took a standstill. Until right after high school in college, freshman year, for some reason, all of my best friends who weren't skating in high school decided to get longboards. And I was, I, as a skater, I wasn't that enthusiastic about it. You know, there's a little bit of closed-minded beef between those two camps, but oh, I, didn't really, I didn't really care. So I picked up a longboard too, just so I could skate with, you know, my really close friends. I found out that there was a whole world to longboarding that wasn't just cruising around in flip-flops. Uh, there was like sliding, downhilling, freestyle longboarding, dancing, and I just thought it was so cool. I decided, you know, give it a shot, try and learn a, a couple of longboard tricks. 
I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was decent at it uh, enough to get a, a sponsor out there, like in the local area. Nice. Uh, I mean, I wasn't that good, but I did pick up a, a sponsor. And uh, mainly because we started making longboarding content, which is where my YouTube channel originally uh, came from. It was basically a group longboard channel. If you go b- back far enough onto my channel, you'll find a bunch of different like longboarding montages that are very, very weird. You'll also find some trick tips on normal longboards. Did I mention it was weird? It was really weird. There were <laughs> there were gorilla costumes, chocolate pudding. Um, at one point, we had an idea of getting spacesuits and mattresses. I don't recall what that video was supposed to be about, but that's sort of how my channel ran back then. You know, no idea, just do whatever you wanted to do and have fun with it. These yeah. all sound like great ideas. I'm just they just were. I mean, I, I I actually watched a couple of them. They're they're pretty entertaining. They're only a couple minutes long, and it's it's kind of just a, a goofy, fun, quick watch. So yeah. if you ever get a chance, I recommend anybody go out and find those videos. Like just like the first ten to twenty videos are just very strange, but so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then throughout college, I also got really busy with school, is what my mom would want me to say, and I stopped longboarding. I wasn't making YouTube videos, but I was watching it. And one of my favorite creators, Casey Neistat, started vlogging. And eventually in those vlogs, he picked up a boosted board. And I thought that boosted boards were the coolest thing in the world. It's a long board that can go 25 miles per hour. It said seven miles back then. And I thought that was a lot Yeah, back in the day because I only pushed for, what, a couple miles at a time. I never really commuted with the long board, sort of just hung out in one spot with my friends. Yeah, I thought boosted boards were really cool. I looked it up. I wanted to buy one. And then I saw that it was over $1,000. <laughs> and I did nothing for a couple of years. <laughs> I just looked at my wallet and went, yeah, that's not going to happen. Going to Eastgate, my interest in it was still there because of boosted board, but it definitely wasn't in my price range. So I started looking up boosted board alternatives online. And I come across Meepo board, Meepo V1. It was just the Meepo board. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah, yeah. There, the, there the were classic no models. Meepo board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just the Meepo board. And um, I emailed them. I was like, hey, I have a, a skate longboard channel. And I was wondering if you could send me a board. We could do a review on it. Maybe it'll get a couple new eyeballs on your product because it doesn't seem like there's much content online focusing on it right now and you know we could help each other out and kieran over at meepo thought it was a great idea he i guess i think he was a longboarder back before making electric skateboards so when he checked out my channel he was he was totally down to send me one and that's when i got my first electric skateboard the first meepo board and that thing looking back But it was a ton of fun at the time. Questionable board at the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the rest is history from there. One board led to another and to another. And I don't even know how many now. And you guys teamed up back in the day with Meepo. And then after that, I'm looking at your thumbnails here and I see Cool Wheel, uh, Onyx. Man, that's an old school one. Uh, Acton Blink S2. Some of these I don't even straight up recognize. I'll be completely honest. There's yeah. a Meepo. I see Backfire 2. That was mainstream. That's what brought, man, that's what brought the China boards mm-hmm. into the limelight along with Meepo board, I would argue. Um, yeah. Was that galaxy looking grip tape? And there it is. Yeah. 
143,000 views, Boosted Board versus Backfire 2. I mean, those were the glory days when when Boosted Alternatives were were still on the rise. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I I definitely agree that you've definitely touched base at least once with almost every board on the market, which is incredible. Your channel definitely shows your commitment to eSkate. Um, with the amount of content that you're putting out, whether it's you know one to three videos a week, all pertaining to either new vo- new boards, new products, or just riding and doing tricks and things like that. So it's it's definitely a testament to the content that you're trying to push out. Thank you. What are some of the pros and cons of being a YouTube reviewer? I mean, you you definitely have a lot of content. You probably have. Well, I know you have a lot of followers. Um, I think your subscriber count sitting just just at fifty six thousand or a little bit above that. So a lot of people obviously look to you for answers um, and want to pick your brain constantly. So, in your in your own words, what what would you say are the pros and cons of that? Definitely, there's a lot more pros than cons. You know, I try to when it comes to pretty much anything in life, I focus more on the pros. Creating review content online is that companies out there who want to have their products reviewed are willing to send you stuff out there in exchange for a review video. So constantly there was at one time, maybe every other day I was getting a new board in the mail, which is, which sounds awesome. But then eventually you run out of space in your apartment and you have to go get a storage unit to keep all this stuff. Yeah. There's just a a lot of pros. Uh, I've gotten recognized on the streets, different cities, different States, and it always feels cool, like it makes you feel like you've done something. When it comes to cons, there's comment sections exist. Right. And while 99% of all comments are positive, you don't remember the positive. You remember that 1% of, um, how do I describe this in a G-rated fashion? Trolls? Trolls, <laughs> haters, yeah. just negative nancy's just people who have nothing nice to say and they just want to rip you apart because it's the internet and that's their excuse yeah those are the ones that that you kind of remember but i i sort of just i just let it all slide i'm chill i don't i don't i don't care about that stuff i'm never gonna meet that person and if i probably do meet them in person guess what they're probably not like that in person only behind a keyboard True. Yeah. <laughs> I have a small follow-up question since I also make YouTube videos. And it's okay if you don't know, but sure. do you remember the or first YouTube comment you ever got or the first negative YouTube comment you ever received? I think probably they were just saying like, where are your helmets, dummy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a very classic. Something like the that. The classic e-skate comment. Yeah. yeah. That was actually for the longboarding stuff too. There was a big helmet movement in that, uh, in that camp. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I did some downhill as well. And if you didn't wear a helmet and you showed up to any event or anything, they'd be like, yeah, you can't ride. You need a helmet. Yeah. Downhill, uh, especially, but if I'm riding on a flat parking lot at five miles per hour, cut me some slack. I didn't know any better, but also, you know, read the situation. But, but nowadays I do think that uh, helmets are, are uh, a good decision. Absolutely. Yeah. All it takes is that one time when you slip or the board flies out from under you or something. Yeah. Like, yep. I'm going to, I'm going to get a helmet from now on. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Talking about, you know, life as a YouTube reviewer, obviously collaborations are one of the big, uh, big popular things that people do. You've done re- one recently with Daniel Kwan remotely, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if there were any 
uh, other Eastgate content makers, not necessarily YouTubers, but that's an obvious uh, decision um, that you would like to do work with and collaborate with and why? All right. I, I want to have another one with Daniel Kwan, but in mm-hmm. person. And the reason for that is because I saw on Instagram that he's learning how to slide now Ooh. and he's doing a good job, but I think he could do a better job. And he mm-hmm. just needs me to push him he needs <laughs> me to show him what he's doing wrong. Cause uh, he's, he's looking a little timid. Daniel, if you're listening to this, buy me a ticket to China when things are all good and we'll have a good time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, sliding you definitely have to full send it too. Yeah, I mean, you, you really can't be timid about it because that's when you fall face first, and it's it's not fun to do that scorpion. Exactly, exactly. And he's uh, he's not doing stand ups yet. He's still doing those hands on the hands on the ground slides. And yep, yep. They're pretty easy. I don't know why it's taken him so long, Daniel. Come on, <laughs> bro. I know you got it. I would be yeah. I would love to collaborate with him in person. You know, when things settle down and uh, we can travel again. I also really want to collab with uh fabian mainly because mm-hmm. he's a really good skateboarder and i feel like he doesn't translate any of his skateboard skill onto electric skateboards because i think he can do some things that people have never done before on electric skateboards like i think there are some tricks he can do on on some kicktail or double kicktail boards yeah that he's just not showing and I think it would be cool if we had like a game of skate together on a, on like maybe a mini board or something. I would like to see that. I would yeah. too. It's I don't think there's like been you... any content out there of people playing skate on little cruiser decks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've done it against a one wheel. It's not the same, very different, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that again, but for real with the, yeah, with Fabian, of course. I guess Concrete Gladiator, just because he's a cool guy and very weird, and I like that. Yeah, he keeps weird. it clean, that's for sure. <laughs> he is key. <laughs> he's uh, he, an awesome guy. He, um, he longboarded back then, too, so we kind of have that in common, and I think we can make something cool happen. You guys, I was watching uh, Terminal X, your, your rides out there in uh, Michigan. Yep. I haven't seen piles of snow like that just in parking lots before, <laughs> and I would want to ride aboard down one of those piles of snow. Oh, well, you're first of all, you're more than welcome. Second of all, bring a coat and a very board <laughs> that you don't mind uh, destroying. Because if you see me filming or, or Joe filming or anything like that when we're riding, that means the snow is at an all-time low ah. uh, for us to be able to get out there. It's usually at least 40, 45 degrees for us to even like leave the house with an electric skateboard, which means that the snow is already melted a considerable amount. Mm. Um so if you're into snowboarding, uh, October through <laughs> April, we're we're your guys, but uh, neither of us snowboard. Yeah, or feel free to bring an AT board. That that might be a good time with some of the snow as well. Yeah, four wheel drive, preferably. An AT board, right? But yep. instead of normal front trucks, little skis. Yeah, there you go. yeah. Boom. We've I think we've actually had many conversations about doing something like that. Oh yeah. Whether you get like one of those high end boutique boards, like a Lacroix or something like that, and put little skis on there. I would love to do that, but the skis have to be the most rinky-dink oh, yeah. DIY <laughs> pieces yeah. of junk you've ever seen. Yeah, and it'll little be awesome. 3D printed plastic guys. Yes, I, yes. I or like just go to a thrift store and like find like a a Santa on sale or something and use his sleigh as a <laughs> as oh the front gosh. trucks. That would be great. I love where this is headed. I'm getting vibes here for like a Ronnie World Tour, like a like a Ronnie Grand yeah. Prix here, going around the world and. <laughs> and doing ridiculous things with other electric skateboard content makers. And I'm all for it. Uh, We'll gladly host you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Something like that was actually supposed to happen with uh, Backfire. We were planning like a, a countrywide tour, but uh, I guess there was delays on their boards. And then this thing all happened, making travel very difficult to do ideal. right now. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where it's at, but I think with the way things are looking, it, maybe this fall, we can do like a, a tour with them. I haven't spoken to them in a while, but I think I think it's something they still want to do. Very cool. Yeah, something like that would be very cool. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and on that note, now since you do lots of collaborations with many different companies and you review many different products, obviously you mentioned a storage unit, but how do you keep track with all the products that you review? And what do you do with the products uh, once you're done reviewing them? When it comes to keeping track of them, I don't. Sometimes I'll open up a closet and like a hoverboard will fall out. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, this was a thing. It's a nice surprise sometimes. (laughs) And uh, afterwards, uh, most of the time I give boards away to friends, to subscribers. Uh, A couple boards I sell just because a YouTube channel at this size doesn't necessarily make money. And 99% of videos aren't sponsored. So they're not being paid for contrary to what commenters say. Legally, I have to tell you if I'm being paid to show off a product, and I, I will say it at the beginning of the video. Mm. So, uh, yeah, most of them given away to friends or sold to people or just sitting in my storage units while I think of video ideas to do with them. Um, I've actually gotten rid of a good amount of boards. At one point, I think I had a dozen, but right now I have maybe six or eight that's still kind of a lot for one person, isn't it? I only have two legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's multiple uses for different boards, obviously. I, yes. I, yeah, you you are in the wrong place if you're looking to get judged for quantity of boards. Um, <laughs> uh, the storage unit thing is really interesting to me. I remember seeing it maybe six months, eight months ago and thinking, man, I got to get me one of those. Uh, one, for the storage of the boards, but two, the, the idea of having like a mini hidden office in there uh, mm-hmm. away from your apartment sounds awesome because you can set it up perfectly for YouTube. My question is, has that ever come up uh, in terms of like the storage unit company being like, hey, you can't film videos in there? Has that ever, anything like that ever happened? Um, no. <laughs> That's good. I'm just curious. I know you can't live in them, but I, I didn't yeah. know about the legality of filming in them. Yeah, and when I was searching for a unit to store these boards, um, I specifically wanted one where I could get power so I could charge the Mm. boards while there and also set up lights for uh, YouTube and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Right. So I I, I luckily did find one where a guy let me use the outlet because I told him I was using it to store film and photography equipment because I wanted to take stock images and I needed to set up lights and all that kind of stuff. And he yeah. let me do it. And technically, I'm not lying. I'm kind of doing that in there. You're just yeah. taking a lot of stock photos of you. Basically. Yeah. And I'm talking right. to myself. And I'm, I'm just crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're well, just the crazy guy in the storage unit. Exactly. That'll hold up in court. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's incredible. And I and I guess a follow-up question for, for you guys. Um, with with the audio quality being so important for videos, I got to imagine that a storage unit has to have quite a bit of echo and things like that. What have you done to kind of dampen that sound for, for a space that's basically just metal walls? Yeah, that was a big issue. I luckily use a microphone that works pretty well for my camera, uh, but you can't make it sound that great when you're in a 
metal box. So I actually behind the camera set up uh, one of those moving blankets that you would like mm. put on your furniture. So when it damaged the walls, I hang one of those up to absorb some sound behind me. I have like these little square foam acoustic panels to help out. I think it does an okay job. It's still a little echoey, but it's, it's, it's decent. It's, it's listenable and watchable. That's for sure. I think that if someone were to do it and they didn't want to set that up, just having a lavalier mic next to their mouth, that would probably be the best thing to do. Speaking of all the boards that you have six to eight, you see, obviously you've been through Lord knows how many boards, what probably 20 ish, 25 boards, maybe over the Something course, like of, your, that. A couple course dozen. of your YouTube electric skateboarding career. Uh, easy question. Belt motors or hub motors and why? What am I doing? <laughs> okay, both. Okay. okay, okay. Hubs for more fun session type rides is what I call them. Okay. Not like a, a group ride or anything like that. If I'm in mm. a, a parking lot or or something or maybe a skate park. Right. Basically, I, I'd want that because I feel like hubs are, I don't know. I've never had any hubs break on me and I kind of destroy them. So I want to, I want something that, that'll last belts for group rides basically to keep up with people and they sound awesome mm, that's true I you love can't beat that belt motor yeah yeah but I, I would say that belts wheel in the rear that it actually does feel more comfortable there's like big debate the skate world uh, especially if two beginners of what should they should get belts or hub there's definitely positives and negatives to both i don't know what do you guys what what, are, what do you guys pick Ooh, Joe, you want to go first on this one? I already know your answer, but yeah. Basically, my opinion is that belts are always going to be superior. Um, and the only reason for that is I think that they mm-hmm. have better torque as well as better braking. Um, and and that's just because of my size. I'm I'm not like a tiny guy. I'm I'm 240. So for me to be able to brake on hub boards, it's like it, it's just sketchy at best. Oh, especially yeah. if I'm going downhill, I get those rolling stops. Whereas when I want to stop and I'm going on a hill, like I want to know that I'm going to stop. And I have some experience doing downhill, so I'm not afraid to to foot brake and do things like that. It just seems so much easier on a belt drive board. So that's my take. I don't have an issue with hubs. I think, like you said, they're fun for those quick little sessions and just kind of goofing around on. And I've definitely ridden uh, some of Terminal X's hub boards that he has. But if I had to pick, I would go with belt drive. Yeah, I would do in a, in a perfect world, belt drive, obviously the comfort, the torque, the wheels, the sound it's, it's, I don't know. It's for me, it's classic electric skateboarding. That said, neither my first two or three boards were hub motors. I don't think I had a belt motor board until oh, wow. ooh, 2019. So, uh, yeah, in terms of convenience hub motors, I, I get it, you know, belts, are not that hard to change. They're not that hard to tighten. For me, you know, I'm living in 2020. I want to turn the thing on and go. And belt slipping and belt tension and the belt teeth and, you know, which pulley for this belt and, you know, that wheel, it's all, at the end of the day, I just want to get from point A to point B or I want to go out and ride fast and have fun. And there's some serious competition with hub motors right now uh, for good prices that deliver Mm-hmm. more than average performance to say the least so I, I'm I'm all I don't think I have any hub motor boards that I'm riding mainly right now but I have been browsing the internet for a casual hub motor board where if I could just say you know screw it I don't want to deal with belts right now 
I just want to get out and ride with 30 seconds notice. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards snagging a, a nice, powerful hub motorboard. But yeah, in an ideal world, belts all the way um, in this in this scenario. Well, that also kind of ties in uh, the Revel kit. I mean, that's that's kind of a unique direct drive hub style board that kind of gets the benefit of having pretty much any urethane that you want. Um, and I know you have some experience riding on the 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 Revel kit. So would you take that over? A hub I would, except setup? for my most recent test of it. I took it off a jump ramp and upon landing one out of five times the battery would slip out. So I guess for any other use besides that, mm. yes. But if I was specifically going off jump ramps, like a normal enclosed battery hub board over the Revel. But for everything else, the Revel over the hubs. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I definitely want to try because um, I've heard good things about the Revel kit and I've heard good things about direct drive motors. But oh, yeah, you definitely got to try it out. Opportunity to try one out yet. Yeah, so. they're uh, kind of the best of both worlds. Since we're kind of on the topic of favorite boards and things like that, we'll just kind of tie into our next segment here. Um, we're going to go over some different topics. And I'm curious what your favorite board for each type of riding style. So the first being commuting. So obviously a lot of people ride e-skate for commuting, whether it's being the last mile vehicle um, or they're mm -hmm. just trying to get from point A to point B or whatever the case is. Um, what would be your recommendation for anybody interested in a commuting board? And what would you consider your favorite board? For commuting point A to point B, let's say going to work, I would say um, any motorized longboard form factor electric skateboard, whether you go belts or hubs, it's it's up to you, depending on what you like. We yeah. had a whole discussion about it. Just rewind this um, this podcast. And uh, I, I just think the longboard shape is easier because you're going to be a bit more stable with a, a wider foot stance. For commuting, having a flexi board, you'll be able to go over you know small cracks and bumps because the way to the train, you're probably going to have to get off the road during rush hour traffic, maybe hit a sidewalk or two. And you're going to want it to be just a little bit more comfortable. So definitely flex helps in that department. Recommendations for it right now, it's oh, there's so many belt driven flexi longboard decks that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the top it's, it's stiff competition three or right four now. are definitely going to be the Backfire Zealot, the newest one out there. The X-Way Flex, older, but still oldie, but still a goodie is the Onboard W2 um wowgo 3x yep any of those i can recommend they're they seem pretty good i i haven't ridden the 3x just the three when it comes to wowgo boards but it's the same thing with belt drives it really just depends on how far you have to go but those either of those would be my favorites for commuting mainly because of the longboard form factor yeah the longboard form factor with the flexi decks it, it's definitely ideal and as we mentioned before, the, the torque of the belt drives helps a lot, especially when you're commuting, uh, whether you're going through traffic or bike lanes or whatever the case. Um, the one thing I would like to see is Meepo come out with a belt drive board because they've always been kind of the, the board innovators. They've always been like releasing new, new decks and new form factors constantly, but they are, they are the only ones behind on the, uh, the belt drive system. So I, I'd like to see them come out with something uh, belt driven for their Meepo stuff. So they actually, if you dig far enough back in on Kieran's personal Facebook page, he has uh, publicly posted a, a demo prototype killer looking belt drive board. Uh, 
very, very strong and sturdy looking. A lot of CNC machining looks like. And uh, he was asking some people some questions, uh, kind of getting opinions of customers of, of what they would prefer this or that. Um, but it was a it was a slick looking DIY board. Um, and he was hinting that this could be the future of Meepo. That said, this was oof, maybe a year ago by now. So maybe cost wise, it didn't work out or business wise. It wasn't uh, ideal then. But um, Kieran definitely has a belt motor board and he definitely uh, definitely has had plans for them in the past. And I'd like to think that he's cooking up something crazy and just taking his time with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mad scientist. Style. Exactly. I like it. Uh, next, we're going to move on to shredding or session skating. Obviously, you're a big fan of like the cruiser decks and things like that. So what would be your top recommended board for those little session rides? Meepo Mini 2 ER. It's awesome. That thing is a tank. That was the first board I took off of uh, this ramp that I built. And... I was so excited about like having that ramp. I think I did it like a hundred times in a day and that board <laughs> is still kicking. That board's sturdy. It's, it, it's a beast. It's, it's crazy. It's so much fun. It has a kicktail. It's just really heavy. That's the only and thing. It's so fast. It's so fa- I don't think I fully topped it out. I think I went like 99% of its top speed and I just had to slow it down because like 30 on a board like that is too fast. I have often thought about taking that board or buying that board and strapping it to my back with one of those altar bags and then using that as my backup board for group rides or long distance stuff. Like if something happened, I could just, you know, take that board off my back and ride home safely. Yes, that would be awesome. Or you could just lay on your back. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to do anything. You just leave it strapped on there. Coddle myself on the board. Exactly. I like yeah, it. just fetal position right all the way. Home. Remember, work smart, not hard. Man, yeah. take my dignity. <laughs> I remove the backpack if you don't have to. You're hearing this altar bags, it sounds like a video in the making. <laughs> all right. That's that's great. I, and and it, it's just such a good board. I mean, Meepo did something right with that board, and they really don't need to change anything about it. I think if they just keep making that board and keeping it at the price point it's at, the distance that you get, and the amount of fun that's built into a small deck like that is is just top notch. I agree. So on the uh, the reverse side of those little shredding sessions are those nice long carving sessions. So group rides on bike trails, um, carving on empty streets. What would be your go to deck for carving? For carving, people out there might think I choose a double kingpin truck, like an evolve board, or the Vester Blackhawk, but although you can carve much better with those, I don't like double kingpin trucks. Was never really a big fan. Always felt kind of weird. I'm fine with just any of those, like what, four, three or four longboards we said earlier, and just loosening up the trucks and just carving it up on that. I feel like most longboard trucks out there, especially if they're coming from a longboard, an actual longboard company like Paris or Caliber, they make good enough trucks that you don't need to do too much to to have it carve well. Yeah, I would just much rather loosen those trucks up and get all nice and carvy. And when you're going at speed and carvy, you get a little slidey too. And that's a whole new element into it. And man, <laughs> sliding, carving, all that stuff, so much fun. Longboards, yeah. longboards. On a shortboard, it's a little weird because the rotations are much quicker and your stance is a, a bit more narrow. Longboards, that's the sweet spot when it comes to all of it. 
I saw that video with you and Daniel Kwan where you guys were talking about how much you guys didn't like double kingpin trucks. Are there any exceptions to that rule in, in the world of Eastgate for you? Or in general, you, 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 you tend to shy away from double kingpin, if at all possible? I don't hate them. I just don't love them. Like, mm. they're fine. Uh, I've My first experience with it was way before electric skateboards were even popular, maybe like 2009. Sector 9 has like the going oh, yeah. something. Yeah, their cruiser deck. Yeah, and I just thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. It's fine for a little bit, but it, it did emulate surfing. And I, I see the appeal just for everyday general riding. It's not for me. Have you had any experience with the uh, the waterborne surf adapters? The surf adapters, I haven't. I've seen them. I looked into them. Don't they like raise your trucks up just a little bit? Yeah. yeah. They, they kind of, you would have to remove any riser pads or anything like that. But I'd be curious to know if those would be a good alternative for those that have double kingpin and don't like it. Because it's it's definitely a different feel on those um, waterborne surf adapters from what everyone is saying. And I'd be curious to know if that is a more comfortable field because I'm, I'm on the board uh, with you and Daniel Kwan and I'm not a huge fan of the double kingpin. I think they're just a little too sloppy feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, They just, any minor movement just makes them carve way too hard. Yeah. I like to shift my feet when I ride, you know, and I feel like if I just lean a little bit in the one direction, I'll, it'll be way too much and I'll end up crashing waterborne. I haven't tried those, but I have tried these trucks from Major Arc. They're not out yet. Those types of trucks, increasing your uh, turning radius and just making it super carvy. Yeah. They're not double kingpin, but they're not the adapters. I I don't know how to describe them. For those of you listening, if you want to take a look, the ultimate carving longboard video on my channel, take a look at that. But uh, I've been talking to the guy who made those trucks and he thinks that they're going to be going uh, into production soon. So I should be getting a sample of what those trucks are going to look like in the near future. And I'm, I'm really excited about that because they're super carvy. They don't feel like double kingpin. They're, it's so hard to describe. Yeah, you don't feel like you're losing your stability when you're right. dead. Yeah, that's that's something that I'd, I'd like to see because being able to carve is definitely one of the more enjoyable experiences when you're riding a longer deck. So if you could combine some nice trucks like that with a flexi deck. I feel like that would be the perfect combination. I agree. So uh, next we'll move on to speed. So what would you say is your favorite board for speed? Um, And what would you recommend for those that are looking for a little bit more of that adrenaline rush? I would, I have a specific model for this one. It's the X-Way X1 Pro, the Riot with the Riot kit. Yeah. Because I don't like having flex in my deck when it comes to speed. I feel like any little weight shift could just trigger like a a, a wave of different yeah. chaos. So yeah, speed wobbles chaos. Exactly. All that. Yeah. I just want a nice stiff deck. That board, I think I went twenty nine miles per hour on on a flat road with their stock wheels and stock trucks, stock setup. Uh, although it's not the fastest board out there, it's, it's very stable, and that thing's beautiful too. It's a it's amazing how they put that deck together, making it look like that. Like there's no battery yeah. visible. Yeah. It, it's a it's a really fun board. I think very, uh, very, very compact. Yes. And um, for those out there who want to go 40 plus miles per hour on a board, what are you on and where can I get some? Because 
I right now don't think that's a good idea, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people in New York City and LA and, and DC that would fight you on that. Yeah. All the Cali guys, they they love going way too fast. <laughs> I don't know where they ride because I can't go 40 miles per hour for 10, 20, 30 minutes straight without pump, bumping into at least one stop sign. Yeah. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, you're, you're not doing it for long distances, right? Exactly. So those people that are looking for speed. That's like, are you just going up and down the same, you know, half mile stretch of road over and over? Or yeah, they're I mean, not. And they're just doing something they probably shouldn't be. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess we've kind of already touched on the short deck and cruiser uh, being the Mebo Mini 2. So do you have any boards that you would consider your least favorite board or a board that you think needs the most improvement? At the moment, where we are right now with the electric skateboard market, most out there are fine, good, or really good. Back in the day, there were a lot of duds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One in particular was the Timo hands-free, weight-controlled electric skateboard. God. <laughs> that it, thing... It sounds bad. Just just telling me what it's called sounds bad. Yeah. I that The only time I ever fell off an electric skateboard was on that thing. It works for one wheels, you know, using your weight to go and stop because there's a huge wheel in the middle and you're kind of locked in. Riding a four-wheeled longboard... You don't sort of just stand, your feet don't stay in one place. They shift around even just a little bit. And if you were to yeah. do that on that board, it'll cause you to stop or go unexpectedly. And that, again, it was the first time I ever fell on an electric skateboard. I don't think anyone should ever make boards like that ever again. I think Z-Board existed. There's a reason why they're gone, yeah. probably. Yeah, there was, there was like Stark Board was out there too. I don't think they're around anymore. Yeah, I still have a Stark Board in my storage unit. Yeah, I think that was one of those boards that was like weight controlled and it just doesn't seem like, like maybe if you're maxing out at like 10 miles per hour, you're not going very fast, it might be okay. But even then, I, I don't think I'd want to go any faster than five if, I, if I'm being controlled by weight. Yeah, I, I think I was ended up being generally positive when I talked about the Stark board and the Timo. I mean, I did say that not, you know, controlling your weight, if that's not something you're into, then you're not going to like this. But yeah. every board out there is someone's favorite board for a reason. And right. um, you, know, you just have to consider that weight controlled boards, any of them, least favorite. <laughs> that's that's a good answer, I'd say. So with all of the success that you've had uh, doing board reviews and running your YouTube channel, do you have any advice for those that might be interested in becoming board reviewers or content creators? Um, and what would be like your, your top three tips for success? If you want to be a content creator out there, I want you to make 50 videos without showing a single person. I think everyone should do that. Maybe, maybe 20. Make 20 videos without showing a single person. Make them just for you. If you can make all 20 and you still love making videos after showing no one, I think you're ready to be a content creator because it's not easy. There's a lot of work that goes into it that you just don't know because all that anyone ever sees is the finished product. They just see the 10 minute video on your channel. They don't see the hours of editing. They don't see the hours of planning the shots, planning, you know, the locations, 
setting up lights, setting up different angles. And there's a, a lot of work that goes into it. So you have to really love whatever content you're making if you really want to be a, a content creator on YouTube, because otherwise you're, you're just going to burn out. If you're doing it for something other than the love of it, I think you're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm. Second piece of advice, uh, niche down. I, I watched a lot of YouTube gurus and YouTube advice channels when making my, my content. And uh, they all say niches, riches are in the niches. If you try to reach everyone, you'll reach no one. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So if you just really target your content, tailor it towards the specific audience you want to reach, they're out there and they'll find you and just really niche down in the beginning and then maybe try to explore. I've made that mistake. I've tried to make content on my channel. I think I made a, a Disneyland vlog on my <laughs> electric skateboarding and longboarding channel. And yeah. uh, surprise, surprise, it didn't do very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just really niche down on your content and try not to stray away from it. Last but not least, just have fun. Have fun with your videos. Try not to take it too seriously. I think YouTube as a whole, I think more more creators are just having fun with their content. I think a couple of years ago, everything was really like heavily produced, yeah. uh, almost TV-like. The unpolished, shaky, even phone, like phone camera content. I think that's making a comeback in the YouTube space. Yeah. It's or, that viral content. Yeah. Or maybe it's just me wanting it to because I'm lazy and I don't want to put much effort into my videos. <laughs> You're tired of setting up all the lights. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, YouTube is fun. Uh, if you want to do it, go for it. Just um, have fun with it at the end of it. Very awesome. Yeah. As a fellow YouTuber, I agree. Yeah. If you're not having fun, I mean, man, that's just a, that's a terrible way to spend your free time, especially because like you said, uh, you might not be making money for a long time in YouTube. So yeah, uh, you, you better be in it for something. Um, so as you know, I make YouTube videos primarily around group rides where I kind of, uh, vlog them kind of a point of view style. And, and my question is related to the, the group rides. I I'm good friends with, uh, Cuban, uh, or Jonathan in the DC area. And he, he leads one of the main groups, I think one of two groups in DC. Do you join any of the group rides in Washington, DC? And have you ever considered like filming them or, or recording in, or having any events there uh, related to any brands or reviews that you're doing? I've gone on four or five of the group rides and I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure I filmed all. I know that one group ride was an Inertion Raptor 2.1 demo. That uh, age as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that set up, uh, that group ride was a ton of fun. They have a headquarters over there in DC, this guy's barbershop. Yeah. And they have uh, like beers in the fridge and uh, loud music, cornhole, a nice like courtyard where everyone can play. You can uh, skate in the front, there's a street. And uh, it's just a ton of fun. So everyone kicks it over there during the group rides. At, at the end of the group rides, they always, uh, I think they frequent a bar or two, but it's nighttime and I'm tired. I usually just head home. Yeah. Right. But yeah, the group rides there are, are a ton of fun. I've seen accidents go down and everyone stops, you know, make sure that the, the person who fell is okay. They happen weekly, but I, I don't make it to all of them. It's just, it's, too a bit too much for me to fit my schedule mm -hmm. but um when it does work i am more than happy to go uh the guys who set it up 
are, are fun. I'm in the, uh, the telegrams. I, I message a handful of them anytime, uh, I'm in the area to see if they want to like get together, help me with a video and nice. That's go awesome. for a ride. Yeah. They're, they're a good group of guys over there for sure. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're more than welcome to join any group rides I'm on, uh, as an obvious, uh, uh, gesture of goodwill, but yeah, group rides, man, they're, they're a blast in their own way. Like you said, there can be accidents, but it's cool when you have that community where everybody stops and helps out. Do you have a board that you tend to, it's the, it's the board you grab for the group ride when it's, when it's that, when it's that night, it's that time of week, what's the board you're yanking off the wall as you head out the door? To be honest, it's just whatever has the most battery. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. There you go. I'm just... Wh- which is what, which is what out of your portfolio? Let's see. I keep the Backfire G3 Plus in my apartment along with an own board, belt-driven short board. I cleaned up recently, so I don't know what else is here but those boards. Okay, so you would take one of those two boards to the group ride? Yeah, or maybe the X-Way Flex. Maybe like whatever's hype, whatever people like yeah. that haven't seen in person well, It's yet. nice too because then it gives them an opportunity if they want to try it out. Yeah. And- and things like that. So yeah. So like for the next one, I'd probably bring the zealot or, or something. Nice. Cool. There you go. You heard it first backfire. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The backfire is the go-to board. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Is all of Eskate kind of revolves around community, whether you're creating content for the community or joining group rides or donating boards to riders in need or whatever the case um, and I think that's that's really what it comes down to. And I think it's really unique that that DC has like a, a hub location or a headquarters where they can all kind of revert back to and charge and have some beers and play some games or whatever the case being. Um, that's that's a very cool concept. And I, I don't know many other cities that have something like that. Um, obviously, there's like the frequent restaurants and bars, but having like a central headquarters with like charging and things like that seems like such an ideal situation for any group ride community. Definitely. I want one for Grand Rapids. When the owner of the barbershop is a Cali rider. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, well that's okay. All right. Yeah. That oh, wait, makes no. more sense. Wrong board. LaCroix. He has a LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We can't get that twisted. Yeah. LaCroix. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's definitely a heated rivalry probably between the two companies. I'm sure a friendly rivalry, I should say. <laughs> I actually have a photo of the two owners, uh, Alex and Ernesto, in the same photo, not posing with each other. They're kind of like standing kind of uh, like 10 feet away from each other, and they're not mm-hmm. looking at each other. They're just looking at their phones or their boards, and it's this iconic photo I've wanted yeah. to publish for. It's like a standoff. Almost, yeah, yeah. I've wanted to publish it for several months now. I took it at <laughs> NYEF, and I was like, oh, my gosh, these two legends are like next to each other. Um, these two pivotal icons of high-end crazy fast boards, yeah 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 man oh man i should they probably I should. didn't even realize they were standing by each other no they probably didn't um i don't even know if they acknowledged each other i didn't see any bad blood or anything but i would i would love to publish that photo with permission from them i don't i don't see why i couldn't <laughs> but i think it would be really cool it's a cool photo <laughs> um so let's kind of tie up uh the end of our segments here um with all the boards that you've tried and all of the different things that you've kind of envisioned in your head what would be your dream board um, whether it's a actual board or a fictional board and why it has to be fictional because if it existed i would have it by now i definitely want a double kicktail cruiser style board maybe 32 inches um Mm. with the truck spaced a little bit further apart than a normal skateboard 
uh, very much close to a cruiser. Uh, most people would want big wheels, but I'm going to shift it down to 65 millimeter wheels, which is not something you see on electric skateboards at all. I dig it. Ever. I dig it. Yeah, I want something small, but not too small. I'm not talking about 50 millimeter skateboard wheels. So maybe 65 to 70 millimeter longboard wheels, just to sort of feel the street a little bit more, but also just have enough urethane to have a comfortable ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to steal X-Way's switchable hub or belt system. I'm going to put that onto yep. that board because I'm going to have the belt system for the group rides when I need a bit more torque, a bit more power. Mm-hmm. And I'll have the hubs for when I want to jump off that ramp <laughs> and uh, maybe try and fly down some stairs or something, maybe take it to a skate park. And I'm going to need it to be lightweight with, uh, probably swappable batteries. That's probably the only way to make it lightweight. So just have uh, some really thin inboard style batteries in there, keeping yeah. it nice and thin. I want nothing at the bottom of the deck so I I can do a board slide. Huh. This is sounding like a really cool skateboard. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I would try it. I would, I would do anything if orangutan could make some Kegel core wheels that are a little bit smaller. I, I rode the, the fat freeze and the stimulus wheels. For oh the yeah. Those are my wheels. Like those, those are the, the purple stimulus wheels are like my go-to downhill wheels. They're just so good. You can slide on them very easily. The durometers, you know, just right. Um, and it's, they're just super easy to kick out. So I, I would love if, if they would make some better cores or different size cores uh, for those smaller wheels. Cause while I love, you know, the big wheels and all that, Sometimes you just want a little session board to, to have some fun on. For sure. And um, question for you guys talking about this. You know, yeah. Where do you think the future of electric skateboard is going to go in terms oh. of boards and how consumers or the community respond to them or ride them? Wow. That's a good question. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you start this one out? Okay. All right. So... I, I heard I've heard the first part and I started uh, digesting it to prepare. What was the second half of the question? Just so I can I can give you one concise answer. Future of the boards, uh, yep, manufacturers, and then how the community will respond to them in terms of how they feel about them and how they will ride them, depending on how your first answer goes. Okay, I got you. All right, so future of eSkate in terms of the product, I predict. Um, I think we're going to see larger batteries. I think we're going to see certain events like group rides and races, which are already occurring like crazy in in California. I think they're going to drive the performance of these boards um, and the popularity of said performance boards into the public eye, similarly to how, yeah, you know, I might never step foot on a racetrack, but I sure know what a Corvette is and I sure would like one. (laughs) Um, So I I think that mentality is going to, kind of carve its way into the personal electric vehicle as we shy away from public transportation for a while and, you know, maybe save some money on gas, you know, if, if we're not traveling quite as much as we used to, uh, especially here in the United States where road trips were so, so common and so part of our culture. I think we're going to see uh, a new type of road trip and it's going to be a few miles, but I think we're going to have some pretty cool, pretty cool rides to, to do those adventures on. I mean, like you and I are already doing right, Joe, and, and going 44 miles on an electric skateboard and, 
and that yeah. type of thing and, and gas free, right? No insurance, no license. We just, you know, hopped on and went. So yeah, I think, know. I think the, the future is going to take those performance boards and I think it's going to bring them down to the average consumer's level. I think they're going to look a little bit more normal. Um, I don't think they're going to be quite as crazy as Cali and LaCroix. However, uh, the important part is I think the price is going to come way down. I mean, look what happened from Boosted and then we ended up with Meepo boards at sub $400 that arguably on paper had similar specs um, to the average consumer anyways. So I think we're going to see uh, that performance uh, price drop considerably as people want to have a little fun on their commute. And then I think we'll see obviously group rides just pick up with intensity and and go farther and further. And we're going to see larger groups and clubs and hangout spots. I think, you know, we'll see races and a little bit more media attention eventually. I mean, I mean we're talking years from now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the electric vehicle thing takes off for both fun and for commuting. Yeah. And on, on my end, I think the biggest change you're going to see is batteries are going to become uh, more like Hoyt skates batteries where they're like three separate batteries that you put into a series and then that increases your range. So that way they're easier to replace when one section of them goes bad with cells. Um, or if you want to increase your range, you can just buy one or two of them. You don't have to buy, you know, an entire giant battery pack because some people don't need, you know, another 20 miles of range. They might just need another five. So I think you'll see, a change in the batteries and how they're done. They're going to be more modular um, where you can actually swap out different portions of the pack. Um, I think that's something that Hoyt Skate's doing that's very unique. Um, and I'd like to see more companies do that because again, not everybody has the means to buy, you know, $700 of batteries. Uh, maybe they only have a couple hundred and they just want to get a couple extra miles. Um, I also think you're going to start seeing some more of the, the boutique companies, um, kind of creating boards that are for everybody. I'm not saying that like LaCroix and Cali and them are going to be making uh, short decks anytime soon, but I think some of the the mid-range boutique companies like Hoyt Skate, whatever other companies out there that are making some unique boards, Metro board maybe. Psycho Tiller. Um, yeah, Psycho Tiller. I think they're going to start creating um, some nice mid-range boards that are a little bit smaller, a little bit more affordable because ultimately like people are only going to be able to buy what they can afford and not everybody can afford a $4,000 LaCroix or a $4,000 Cali. Um, but I would love to see the community continue to grow. I think with the more competition out there, the better for the community because it's creating boards at different price points and it gives people lots of different options to ride. And I'm just excited to, to see the groups grow. And I think the more content creators that are out there, it's going to be better for the community because that's just more information. So really just growth is, is all I want to see. Yeah. Yes. I'd have to agree with both you with how uh, they're going to have something similar for normal consumers and the community is just going to grow with all these different events. NYEF was huge. I'm bummed that I couldn't go last year. We missed you, Ronnie. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but... Yeah, yeah, I think it's this year, but maybe they can push it back. Who knows? Yeah. Um, also, the one in Paris uh, is it the oh, World Cup? Yeah. yeah, we talked about going to that. I wanted to go to that so Me bad, too. but I had had uh, travel plans already booked on that same weekend. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's still going to happen, but whoever organizes that event, can you set one up here in the United States, please? Because I think a, a lot of people here would love to enjoy that. Uh, there are a lot more electric skateboards out on the road now. I don't know if you guys see it, but oh yeah, I, I see so many in all like different cities or even just suburbs. Tons of electric yeah. skateboards, like from yep. now compared to last year, probably doubled, tripled. I don't know Easily. the metrics, but I think there's going to be a few electric skateboards in every neighborhood in the United States. Yeah. Well, and I was I was going over to my girlfriend's house the other day, and she lives in like a tiny apartment community. Um, it's it's nothing crazy. She's not near any like big city or anything like that. And there was like a group of like four or five kids riding backfires. Oh wow. I'm like, what? Like that's wild. And I, and I think about it. I was like, all right. Well, I guess I bought my first like loaded complete when I was in high school. So it's not that unrealistic for kids to be able to afford to buy, you know, a three hundred dollar backfire, whether it's like the basic version or whatever. But oh my gosh, if I had that when I was in high school, I would have been shredding it with my friends. Um, no more bus for me. Yeah, no <laughs> more bus. I'm just gonna ride my electric skateboard to school. You'd be the coolest and, guy on, on campus. And I think I think we're going to see, like you said, some more of that. Those those small uh, groups kind of continuing to grow. Um, it's it's just going to be incredible. And I'm, I'm just super pumped for it. It's 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 the stoke that just keeps on giving. Ooh, nice reference. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> um, so uh, let's kind of close this out. Uh, so Ronnie, thank you so much, uh, for coming on to electric skate cast. Um, it was an absolute pleasure before we let you go though. What do you have coming up for your fans? Um, and what can they look forward to seeing you, uh, review next? All right. Uh, thank you for having me coming up on my channel. I've been talking to people from raw day, so we're going to have something from them. I can't say what mainly because I forgot and also <laughs> we're gonna have those trucks from a major arc that should be coming into the mail soon so if you're looking the carvey trucks that aren't double kingpin or the waterborne adapter definitely be making content about that the second i get it i'm also live streaming my electric skateboard rides over mm. on twitch and on youtube but uh so cool ones the the cool ones are on twitch not many people are over there. It's real chill. It's for the community. It's just for yep. uh, the stoked squad. And then uh, I also do a live stream on YouTube. I might have one maybe this week or next week. It's nice. very difficult to set up. I'm sure, uh, you know. Yeah, it's oh, a yeah. tough nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just a bunch of uh, eSkate content and so on and so forth. Just a bunch of stoke. And that's why I am here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I rambled too much. No, no worries, man. keep this in because that's 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 who I am. That's my personality. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then one last thing, I want to pick both your guys' brains on. There is, and I I don't know where this came from. There are these goofy looking wheels called Shark Wheel. Ooh, ooh. I, and I just I put a link uh, into the Zencaster chat for you guys. They are the goofiest looking skate wheels I've ever seen. And they're actually releasing their own electric skateboard. Um, but it looks like their wheels are based on squares instead of circles. Yes, I have I'm, seen shark wheels. Are they wheels still wheels? They're wheels. And, and if, you, if you watch the video, 
they work. I mean, it's it doesn't really make any sense to me, but I I really want to try a pair of these. Yeah, they're literally reinventing the wheel. <laughs> I wow. actually have ridden a a pair of shark wheels before. Have you? Yeah, tell us about them. They roll like wheels. They just don't look like them. <laughs> I don't. It's the craziest thing because it looks square, but it rolls like a normal wheel. It's like kind of soft and uh, there's like ridges. It's not like a flat. Uh, there's no flat contact from the urethane, the urethane to the road. So yeah. it's like a, a little more soft gummy. They're awesome for cruising, but if you wanted to do some slides, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't think they would be very good. They look pretty grippy. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're definitely unique. Um, but yeah, they're coming out with an electric skateboard. The specs that they're claiming is pretty good, uh, but it doesn't look, you know, super awesome. It looks kind of gimmicky and and weird, but I mean, hey, I'm I'm all for <laughs> some new brands and <laughs> some new looking decks. But yeah, that thing's that thing's unique. I, I'm curious to yeah. see uh, what comes of them. The uh, the speed modes are four speed modes, so I'm gonna guess that uh, what's the name of the ESC that Meepo uses? Um, it's an L. Oh, the Liang, Liang, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds suspiciously like that. So yeah, keep an eye out for that because those things are are pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, that, we'll see. They sort of are like the skateboard equivalent of having um, eyelashes on your headlights. <laughs> I think that's what that is. Yeah, oh it, it looks super goofy, but <laughs> I, I'm curious to see somebody uh, out out in the world with those and uh, how they work out. I'll try my best to get my hands on one, and I'll make a video yeah. for you. I really want to see this roll. Like I, I really want to ride one. So I'm tempted to buy one. I don't know what I'd do with it afterwards, but I really like my, the 12, yeah, the 12 year old in me is, is, is really wanting to ride this thing right now. Cause it just looks hilarious. <laughs> Some bizarre shark electric wheels. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Well, again, thank you, Ronnie, for joining us on electric skate cast. Um, as always, you can find us at J GR and at official terminal X. Um, and you can always follow us on Instagram at Electric Skatecast. Um, and again, thank you, Ronnie, for joining us. Um, you can follow Ronnie at SupRonnie. Thank you, Ronnie. I appreciate it. We thank appreciate you. it. Thank you guys for having me.